You don't want your peak wattage on the day to be I, in a warm-up. I can't tell you how many times I've done that. <laughs> hit hit peak wattage for the day in your warm-up and then never be able to repeat it again. What's up, crew? Welcome to another episode of... Coaches on couch. Bing slouches. We're going to talk about uh, crit racing today. Very timely topic. Yeah. yeah, this is how we get our topics. We're like, what's going on this weekend? Yes. Turns <laughs> or, out. Or we go, hey, what do you want to talk about tomorrow? Yeah. <laughs> so if you guys have topics, holler at us. Yeah. Uh, we could we could plan this in advance uh, a little bit more. We had the state crit uh, here. Tennessee state crit is in Memphis this weekend. It's on our home turf, our home crit course at Tiger Lane. Uh, awesome course, and so we decided to talk a little bit about crit racing because it's it's kind of a it's not what you necessarily see as far as bike racing goes. It's a little bit, bit different discipline. Yeah, it's um, so much different, especially for a newbie. Like it's so much different than going on a group ride. Right. A group ride probably gonna be a little more similar to what a road race would be like. Yeah, um, crit racing totally different. Very different, different, different uh, style of racing. It's like the NASCAR of cycling. It is. It's fun. Yeah, it's um, probably my favorite. But there, it, there is a little bit of a, um, like, nervous barrier of entry, uh, so to speak, yep. when it comes to it, because it is such a different mm-hmm. style of racing. So yeah, our hope it, is that you watch this and then you sign up for the crit and we see you out there. Yeah, exactly. Or sign up for one in your area, wherever you're at. Yeah, definitely, kind of, you know, you know, dip your feet in the water mm-hmm. as far as crit racing goes, because it is tons of fun. Yep. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Um, all right, so I'm Coach Dale Sanford. I'm Coach Bryant Funston. We are the co-founders of BPC Performance Coaching, where we specialize in helping time-crunched athletes optimize their busy schedules so they can maximize their athletic performance. You can find out more about us by going to buildpeakcompete.com, checking Facebook and YouTube at buildcompete, or all up on that Instagram at BPC Performance. Perfect. All right, so um, I guess the best place to start, uh, Funston, would be what the heck is a crit? Yeah, I just had it pulled up on the, uh, <laughs> I got it, I got it here. On the, on the USA spot. Cycling website, in the rule book, a criterium is a closed loop course entirely closed to traffic. So that's going to be different than a lot of your road races. Yep. Um, the length of the course is between 800 meters and five kilometers. I've never done an 800 5K? meter. Yeah. I didn't know. I always thought it was like a mile and a half. If it was greater I, than a mile and a half, I thought it was, was then a considered circuit a circuit. A circuit it, Maybe race, they changed but, it. 5K is a long loop mm-hmm, to do a crit on. Mm-hmm. The minimum width throughout the course should be seven meters. That's pretty narrow. That's pretty narrow. Yeah, 21 <laughs> feet there, a little more. Yeah. Uh, but essentially what you're looking at, you're looking at a shorter looped course. Um, it's a mass start event, so everyone starts together within your category. Or if you're a newbie, you'd be signing up for like the Cat 5 or Novice category they now have with USA Cycling. Um, and one of the, the major differences is you're going to end up seeing on the flyer or on the, on the race registration, it's going to be time-based as opposed to we're doing eight loops we're doing 10 loops we're doing this distance yeah um so then what happens is during the race the officials are timing the laps and say you're at a 45 minute race uh is what your race is they'll start getting lap average times 
and then make a decision on uh, how many laps are going to be left in the race. Um, so you don't really know how far you're going to go uh, necessarily, but you are going to end up being pretty close to the time that your race was listed at. Yeah. Yeah. And so once they get like the average lap times, they will start getting like, okay, about how many laps will we cover in yeah. The, yeah. the race time, the race uh, allotted time. Yeah. And then they'll like, once they figure that out, they'll start counting down laps. And so mm-hmm. you'll start seeing lap cards of like eight to go, seven to go. And then obviously on the bell lap, that one to go, whoever crosses the finish line first, that's your winner. That's your winner. Yep. Assuming um, they've not been lapped. Assuming, yeah. <laughs> Which we can talk about some of those finer details if we, yeah. if we want to. But So, um, you know, you talked about time in the races. So, like, for a, an, I guess just kind of break down the, like, average t- uh, t- races durations yep. for different categories. So, be- beginners, you know, your cat fives, typically you're probably going to be in the 20 to 30 minute range. Yeah. There's not many crits that are going to be longer than 30 minutes for the for the novice, for yep. the beginners. Um, when you get into cat four, you're looking more in that 40 minute or so range, 30 to 40 minutes. Um, sometimes they'll combine categories this weekend at our state crit. There's not going to be combined categories. But um, when you get into threes, you're typically most races are around that 50 to 60 minute mark. Um, when you start getting into the pro one twos, you're looking more at the 60 minute, even up to 90 minutes, sometimes two hours. Um, and there's some, like I just got done doing Sonny King and in the, in the master's race there, it was the time. Uh, so we had a 45 minute race, but in the pro one race that I did later on, it was 60 laps. So they didn't even have time at all on that one. They just said 60 laps. So they started counting it down. Um, from the start. Uh, so that's kind of your average durations that you'll, you'll end up seeing probably within, you know, 10 minutes on either, either side of that for, uh, for the different categories. Yep. Juniors, those tend to be even shorter. You know, you're probably closer to the 20 minute range, um, for your junior categories. And then in some crits for the women's racing, it's the same time as the men's. Um, in other crits, it ends up being where like the pro one, uh, two women, we'll end up doing around that 60 minute mark instead of like a, a 75 or 90 minute. Yeah. It's kind of, it's just all over the, kind of yes. all over the place. And even some of the, I mean, I've been to uh, crit where the, the lower categories are pushed up to that 40 and 45 minute mark. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really up to the, the race organizer. Yep. And you'll find like, there's been races before where, you know, super hot and yeah, the, start uh, the official time. the official will ask uh, I've had it happen numerous times where the official asks on the start line like if who here wants to shorten it if you do not want to shorten it speak up and all it takes is one person to say no and they stick with the yeah. allotted or the the specified race time but if everyone on the start line goes yeah let's shorten it because the heat or whatever usually it's either a weather event uh, you know a heat thing um, yes yeah, where they heat. shorten it up yeah most most of the time if I've been on the start line they ask it's Usually because it's like a hundred plus mm-hmm. degrees outside. Yeah, and so there's guess, always that one guy. There's, there's always, always that, that one. one guy mm-hmm. who wants to that likes. I drove game. six hours to get here. Yeah, uh huh. <laughs> I've been doing five hour rides. Can we push it to two hours? You're like, nope. Yeah. So what? Um, so you know, some people listening might have you know might be might have done road, a road race, might mm-hmm. have you know be doing a lot of group rides, even some Hammerfest type group rides. Um, what are the main differences between a crit and a road race? 
just some of the, the big differences. Yeah, big one is going to be close course. So yeah. a close course, and it's a much smaller loop. So typically you end up with it, you know, at least four corners, typically. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes more. There are some courses that are less, but you know, typically it's going to be a four-corner or more course. And if you think about it, if you're doing four corners in a mile, that's a lot of turning that's happening. Mm-hmm. Um, in road races and group rides, you're probably going multiple miles at a time before ever taking taking a turn or turning off the road you're on. Right. So the more turns there are, the the more interruptions in pace there are. Um, bike handling becomes a more important factor. Much more technical. Um, but yeah, it's a much more technical uh, manner of racing, and it ends up being uh, a lot more changing of position tends to happen uh, in a race like this versus you know some road races you'll be traveling along at 16 miles an hour and it's just a log jam of the peloton there and you can't move up you can't go back but typically with crit racing it's going to be pretty fast from the start yeah um, you end up seeing higher average speeds because it is a shorter overall duration typically yeah yeah and so like what you're what you're talking about with the um the higher pace and the more corners and technical side of thing that just makes positioning Mm -hmm. and, and stuff like that so much more important playing the wind, you know, because you're traveling at higher speeds, Mm -hmm. drafting, you know, again, playing the wind and, and stuff like that becomes extremely important. If you're someone that gets bored easy, there's some road races where, you know, you're, if it's like in the pro one twos, and you can have 100 mile plus road races. That's a long time to be out there. Yeah. Even in the, you know, you were talking about the difference uh, or some of the durations for different categories. You know, typically for a Cat 5 or a novice style, I, I, we're kind of gearing this towards beginners, you're looking at 20 to 30 miles. I mean, which is still going to be, you know, typically an hour or, or a little bit more. Um, in a road hour, race. In a road race, yeah. yeah. So if you compare that to a 30 minute race or a 25 minute race, I mean, less time out there means you got to make stuff happen quicker. So, yeah. and everyone's like, oh, it's everyone's only, it's only 30 yeah. minutes. Uh, right. How hard could it be? Right. <laughs> yep. Yeah. One of like, one of the best things about crit racing, you know, we, we, you know, we call it like the NASCAR cycling, mm-hmm. but it is, it is so much more spectator friendly. Oh, for sure. Uh, than a road race, road race, like you see them off the start line and I, Okay, I'll see you when you come through here again. My wife does not like going to road races. <laughs> <laughs> but going to crit races, yeah. uh, you know, you're seeing the group every minute and a half, every two minutes yep. they're coming by. Yeah, and a lot of times you can even walk across the course and yeah. go to another corner or mm-hmm. you know, something like that. I mean, so they're te- they're usually much more spectator friendly. Uh, a lot of them almost like a l- little bit more festival atmosphere. Yep. With you know people hanging out and there's probably mm-hmm. a beer sponsor and a yep. this that and the other, um, so yeah, food trucks or yeah, right. yeah, definitely, yeah. So spectator wise, yeah, way like better. Tiger Lane this weekend, you can see the riders for all but the part that they're in the stadium. So you see yeah. them for probably a minute of the minute and fifty lap or right. whatever it ends up being. You're seeing them for at least a minute of it. Yeah, so it's like a K, you're kind of right? in the action. Yeah, you can watch the action the whole time. Yeah. Um, it's point, yeah, it's point seven ish. So just over a K. Okay. So one of the, one of the big things like with crit racing is that, so in a road race, right? If you flat, mm-hmm. you, you have to basically wait on a wheel truck 
mm-hmm. uh, which may never come. <laughs> it may go right there past you. There may not you. be a wheel truck. Yeah. There may not be a wheel truck. You may. You may not have put wheels in the wheel exactly, truck. Exactly. Yep. Uh, you know, but with a, a a crit, as long as you're outside that whatever it is, last eight k or eight laps or whatever. Once they start counting down laps, you no longer get a free lap. Yeah, the official will tell you on the start line. They'll say after X number of laps, there will be no more free laps. Yeah. And so in order for you to get an actual free lap, Mm -hmm. you have to be in some sort of a mechanical situation where you actually have to unclip and put your foot down and stop. Uh, flat tire, flat tire, a wreck. If, uh, if the mechanical is caused by you being negligent and not taking care of your bike, that's not going to count as a, a free lap. And it's up to the official to decide yeah. whether or not it is, uh, is a free lap. Most of the time a free lap is a flat or a wreck. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, exactly. You know, um, if you know the, the, I will go ahead and say this. If you do get, if you get caught up in a wreck, and you don't actually go uh, like go down or have to stop and put your foot down. Like the official can't, even if you get caught up behind it and you have to put your foot down, they may not let you take a free lap. Mm-hmm. You unless you're one of the ones that's yeah. That's on what you say. I was I was caught up in the wreck, uh, and then I mean by that yeah. time, you know, if you're actually caught up behind a wreck, the race is going to likely be gone anyway. Because as soon as they start hearing a wreck. It's like the natural tendency is to floor it at the front. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I would go take a take your free lap, see if they'll give it to you. Most times they will, because um, it's something that was out of your control. Yeah. Uh, you don't you don't have to show blood on your body. Um, <laughs> uh, but you know, at the same token, it's all about being fair. So if you weren't actually caught up behind the wreck and you're there trying to get a free lap, that's not cool. Right. Um, but what happens then is you get your one lap. And you are not allowed to ride backwards on the course. So say the flat happened just past the wheel pit. Um, you don't also have to ride the whole course or get back by following the course. You can get off your bike and walk your bike backwards. Or you can walk across yeah. the, the course. But you're not allowed to ride backwards on the course. But then their goal is to reintegrate you wherever, what part of the group you were in. So if you were in the breakaway, they're going to put you back into the breakaway. If you were with the main group, they're going to put you back in with the main group, yep. and that's a hard effort to get yeah. to get back up because to the group. they don't have to, they're not slowing down for you. Yeah. The the one thing you did mention that we talked about yet is the wheel pits, mm-hmm. and so instead of so basically somewhere close to the start finish, they'll have an area for you to kind of set spare wheels and stuff like that. And so if you do get a flat, you can uh, you know go back to the pits, change your flat, hopefully within enough t- within you know. A time before the group comes back around on the free lap um, sometimes the official will not start the free lap until you get back to the pits mm-hmm. sometimes they're like you got to get back there and change it before yeah. it really just kind of depends on yeah if you're planning on changing a tube like you need to have you essentially need to have a wheel yeah you're not going to change a tube because if you're there trying to, to change a tube they're going to start counting laps against you after after that one free lap yeah. Um, so if you got a spare, put your spare in there, take a little note card or something and put it on the wheel so you know which one's yours. Um, and then it's ready in case you need it. Yep. So wheel pits, mm-hmm. free laps. That's that's the big the big uh and it being super spectator friendly. Like yeah. it'd be this is the most interesting of any of the races to go watch. Absolutely. It's the most exciting. You see a bunch of different categories, you get to see all the different racers. It's exciting for the you know family and friends to show up. 
I mean, you get so close to the action as a spectator, like you you hear and feel the wind yeah. of the riders coming past you. So it's a it's a really fun way to uh, to experience cycling. Yeah, um, and you can stand right up on the road. You know, mm-hmm. you can't yeah. get in the road, but you Don't can stand up on the road and and yeah. watch and and stuff like that. So yeah, spectator friendly is you know yeah. by far one of the best parts mm-hmm. about it. So let's let's get into the things that people really came to hear. Yep. Which are kind of our, our main tips for beginners. Now, some, if you've been racing, shoot, if you've been racing bikes for a while, you may not know this stuff. Uh, but, um, you know, these are our kind of tips that, uh, we, re- we feel like we repeat mm-hmm. <laughs> over and over and over and over when it comes to, mm-hmm. uh, crit strategy. And, yeah, and as and a beginner, like these are questions that we would have had, uh, yep. on, you know, getting into the, getting into a crit race. So, Yep. We'll try to kind of walk you through everything um, and give you as much advantage as possible, especially if you decide you want to jump in this weekend, which we highly encourage. Yeah, and if uh, if you are at uh, presently watching on Facebook and you have a uh, have a question, mm-hmm. throw it up there and we'll we'll answer it along the way here. Um, I'll jump into it. I yeah, think, go for it. I think two big keys here. So the way the the races are going to run. Um, you're not going to be able to really warm up on the course unless you're the very first race of the day. Now, there is going to be time in between races where you're allowed to go pre-ride the course. So usually that's one to two laps, um, and and you're not going to have much more time than that. Usually it's 10 to 15 minutes between races. But we strongly recommend you get a warm-up in. If you know that there's going to be roads that you can ride to warm up on, great. Um, Otherwise, if you have a, a trainer, I would bring a trainer set up under a tent if you've got a tent where you can stay a little cooler out of the sun um, but you're gonna want a warm-up because these races do start fast and they do start hard so you yeah. want to make sure that blood's flowing the legs are opened up um, so get a warm-up and then definitely pre-ride the course you want to make sure if there is a, a pothole or where are the cracks in the road you know what are the corners like how much speed can you take are they off camber or are they not um, and it's going to start giving you a feel for okay where do i need to be What's the wind doing? Which side of the course do I need to be on? Um, how far is it from the final corner to the finish line? Because that's really important if it comes down to a sprint, um, knowing kind of what position you need to be in in the group to have the best chance of, of doing well in a sprint. So pre-ride the course. So do a just break down a really quick warm-up. Yeah, so what we usually like our athletes to do is, you know, anywhere from like 5 to, to 15 minutes, Spinning easy, just getting the heart rate up some, getting the blood flowing. Um, And then we go into what we like to call opener efforts. So anywhere between 30 and 90 seconds where you're spinning a gear up, keeping a higher cadence so you're not smashing your uh, muscular system too much. Um, But your goal is to to be kind of at that threshold level, enough to where, even if you don't know what your zones are, enough to where you're like feeling a burn in the legs and you want to hold that burn for a little while. It's not a max effort. Um, and then you take enough recovery time in between, usually at least as much as what the effort was, sometimes twice as much, to just spin easy. Let the legs clear, unload um, that blood lactate, you know, that burn you could feeling or, or you could feel, let that clear and repeat it. So if you can get in four to six efforts like that of some different durations, um, that's generally going to be good for most people. Yeah. Uh, some people need a longer warm up. So. You know, the general rule is the shorter the event, the harder it's going to be, the faster it's going to be, and the longer your warm-up should be. Yep. Um, so a short time trial versus a long time trial. You know, you need yep. more of a warm-up. If you know yourself, 
you know, if you're riding long enough, you kind of know how much of a warm up you probably need. Mm-hmm. Um, I will put here in there that um, one of the biggest mistakes you can make in your warm up is doing all out sprints in yeah, your warm up, trying to. <laughs> you don't want your peak wattage on the day to be I, in a warm up. I can't tell you how many times I've done that. <laughs> Hit hit peak wattage for the day in your warm up, and then never be able to repeat it again yep. in the race. Yep, exactly. <laughs> so don't do that. Don't do you that. can do some light form sprints. Mm-hmm. Uh, we only call them sprints. Accelerations. Just activation stuff. Yeah. yeah. Just form stuff, you know. But don't don't go trying to hit peak numbers in your warm up. Mm-hmm. All right. So you've done you've done your pre ride. Uh, a tip here: the bigger the field, the the closer you need to be to the start line. Like you don't want to be eight rows deep or 10 rows deep. Yep. Um, if it's going to be a big field and if it's going to be a technical course. So by technical, we mean the more narrow a road is or the more narrow parts more there are in a road, the more technical that is. There's yep. less ability to move up. The more turns there are, yep. the harder it's going to be uh, to move up. Things get strung out a lot more when there's a lot of turns and when there's narrow roads. So um, Tiger Lane for those that are that are listening that are from uh, the area, pretty wide open. Pretty course. wide open. Um, you know, between corner three and four, it pinches some there, uh, but for the most part, you don't you aren't going to have a wider area than what you get inside the stadium there. No. Um, that's a wide open spot to move up. So it's smooth. It's less important, and and the smaller the field size, you know, there's just not as much people to get caught behind. So moving up becomes easier. Yep. But I would 100% recommend if you're doing a bigger race as one of your first races that you even forego the pre-ride of the course. Hopefully you've known it to, to get a better position yeah. on the start line. Yeah, and sometimes you'll do you'll make your best effort to um, get close to the front on the start line, and then they'll start calling people up. Oh, I had that happen before. And then you end up like eight rows deep because they called up everyone but you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Once you get to like the, the pro one two style level, yeah, they'll do call ups uh, of you know your more nationally recognized all the fast people. They're yeah. Like, hey, let's call up all the fast people. Yeah. Ready go. Yeah. That <laughs> happened to me at MSGP. <laughs> Mike Olheiser was there, and he was like at the back. I'm like, okay, if he's back here, we're okay. And then they called him up to the front, and it was. Full gas oh, yeah. from the start. And I just did everything I could to like hang on to the back of the group. It was my first ever time doing it. Oh, man. We'll talk about that because that's a huge mistake. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, we might as well go into it because, um, I mean, crit races start hard. Mm-hmm. And everyone's excited and everyone has some sort of strategy in their head and stuff like that. And, and everyone has one match to burn. Like if you think about a matchbook, yeah. like how many hard efforts you can do. Everyone's got one, yep. and those get, there's just people lighting them at the start of a race. Yep. Uh, so it's not uncommon for us to see power numbers from the people we coach, and the first five, first ten minutes are the hardest of the entire crew. Entire race, yeah. It's, I mean, that probably happens more than like the last ten minutes being the hardest. Yeah. So a lot of, a, a lot of energy needs to go into those first ten minutes, and that doesn't mean you need to be the one at the front driving the pace, right. don't do that. <laughs> um, but also don't get psyched out. If this is your first time doing a crit, know it's going to be hard and know it's going to slow down some. Yeah. So you just got to keep saying, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make it through one more lap. I'm going to make it through one more lap. I'm going to make it through one more lap. Um, and eventually you'll get to that point where it does 
calm down. And everyone's like, wow, we can't keep this up for the rest of this, this race. Um, so you just got to keep telling yourself one more lap. Yeah. I mean, uh, goes into the next part of positioning. Like, mm-hmm. like we talked about lining up toward the front, mm-hmm. uh, on the start and then trying to hold, you know, a top, whatever, mm-hmm. 10, top 10 wheels in the, in, for the first 10 minutes. Yeah. You want to go into that first corner as far up in the group as you can yeah. without, I mean, sometimes I'll even want to be on the front. That's like the only time. Right. To pick, if it's technical, to pick the line through the first turn. Yep. Pick the yep. first turn and then allow a few folks to come around. And now I know I've got good position. Um, I'm not worried about getting caught up in any of the, the craziness that could happen behind if, you know, if people are battling for position in the first corner. Um, so yeah, like position in a crit is, I would say probably the, one of the biggest factors in how well you're going to do. It's the number one reason people get dropped. Mm -hmm. You know, you get a bunch of people into the group and even if they're all of equal fitness, like there are people in that group that are going to get dropped early Mm -hmm. because they have really bad positioning. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so they're either, they're either positioning poorly uh, as far as the wind, yep. which will happen at Tiger Lane. We're going to have wind one direction at least. Um, so you're, you know, you're playing the wrong side of the wind. You're just eating the wind the whole time. So find the draft, find the, find the wind direction and get on the opposite side. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of times you can just find a flag, find a flag and see which way it's blowing yep. and then use that as your wind direction. Um, and then the other big one with positioning is uh, it goes along with being further up front, but yep. if you're further back, you're you're closer to people who are struggling, mm-hmm. and the people who are going to pop and create gaps. And the more gaps you have to fill, or bridge or whatever, you're that's matches every time. You're yep. you're burning matches. Yep. So positioning up front keeps you away from the sketchier riders for the most part. It keeps you away from the people who are going to just blow up anyways and take you off the back with them. Mm-hmm. Um, and and there's so much more. That bottleneck happens every corner. Yep. The more people that are trying to ride through a corner side by side, which is what happens the further back you get, the slower those people are going through the corner. Yep. So what you end up seeing is at the very front of the of the pack, the first person is going through by themselves and maybe yep. even the first few. Yep. And then you start getting where two people are going through and side by side. And probably pedaling through the turn. And possibly pedaling, yeah. And, then, and they're going you know, 23, 25, 27 miles an hour. And the further back you go, the more people are on brakes, mm-hmm. uh, slowing down before. And you may be going through a corner at 18 or 20 when the front group, you know, the front people are going 25. So you're having to make up that speed deferential after every single corner. Every turn. So what you do is you come out of it and you sprint just in time to get back up to the back of the group where it's slowing down again, and then you break. And then you sprint, and then you break. Yeah. And then you sprint, and then you break. Where at the front, they're just riding smooth through yeah. every single corner, not burning matches, recovering after corners. They're, yeah, they're doing a few hard pedal strokes, but then they're starting to recover, unless, unless you're the person on the very front. There's recovery that happens. When you get in the back, it's sprint, barely recover, get through the corner, sprint, and the whole time in your mind, you're going, oh my gosh, how could the people at the front be that much stronger than me? Like, I'm about ready to pop. Yep. I can barely hang on. And somehow someone's up there driving the pace when really you're doing a lot harder effort. You're doing this back. to yourself. 
Exactly. So it, it's so worth like in in essence, if you find yourself too far back, it is worth burning a match mm -hmm. to get to the front, close yeah. to the front, so that you can ride the smoother uh, lines uh, versus having to burn a match every turn, mm -hmm. closing gaps, making up that difference when everyone else rolled through and you had to come on the brakes, you know, and basically, like you said, you could easily be slowing down through a turn to 18 miles an hour if it bottlenecks. Oh, for sure. Uh, and then everyone else is rolling through at 25 plus. Yep. It's, so that race I was just referencing way back when, it was one of my first uh, races in a one, two, three race. So I just moved up to a three and um, it got to the point where it was a technical course and super fast, always one of the hardest. People get get dropped all the time in that one. But it ended up being like my goal was I, I couldn't really move up anymore. So instead I was focusing on, okay, what corner's the slowest and that we're having to sprint the hardest out of. And so I would just fade off the back so that I could carry speed through it and I wasn't having to do that sprint. So I'd let myself fade off the back on this downhill and a bunch of people grabbing brakes and then sprinting out of the corner, I got it timed to where I'd come through the corner right onto the back of the group when they were back up to speed um, and, and was able to survive that. Otherwise, you know, I guess this is what, 2008? I mean, I wouldn't have survived that race if I hadn't of like figured out how to go smooth through the corner, even though I was no longer at the front. Yeah, and some of that, you know, that, that is one of our, our tips is really try to focus on taking the corners as smoothly as you can, breaking as little as you can. Yep. Um, and, and if you can pedal through it, pedal through it. But like, like you said, whether it's a positioning thing or your skill or it's skill, um, if you have to break really hard into a turn and come out of the turn much slower than you went into it, mm -hmm. you, you're going to have no choice but to basically put in a big effort to yep. get back up to speed. Mm -hmm. Um, so, I mean, if, you know, it's pretty much come too late now for, uh, you have to, you for have the to weekend, but you got to work on cornering. Oh yeah. You've got to yeah, work yeah. on the technical side of cornering and, you know, and then know that there's not the inside may not be the fastest and the outside may not be the fastest, but you got to figure out what's the easy, what's the easy way to go on each corner. Um, you know, doing Sunny King. The fast downhill left, the inside was not the fast one. You know, you run a little yeah. more risk when you're outside because if something happens or someone goes wide, they can take you, you know, into the curb. Mm -hmm. um, but I was passing five, six people at a time just taking the outside instead of the inside. Um, and it saved a ton of energy. So as soon as I figured that out, uh, same with corner one. Like it was the same thing. You needed to be on the outside to, to carry more speed and not get caught up with that big, massive break and sprint um, scenario. So, uh, and then just to reiterate what you mentioned, I'm always thinking through if it's a windy day, like, okay, it's tailwind right now. Yep. That means this right hand turn is going to turn into a wind from the, from the right. So I need to make sure when I come out of this corner, I'm on the left side, I'm far left. Yep. And then I'm making sure, okay, next corner, we're going to be into the headwind. I'm going to use that headwind to get myself to the right side. Cause when we take that next, right, it's now going to be coming from the left and I need to be protected from the wind. So I spend my whole race making sure I'm doing as little work as I can compared to the other people in the race. Um, and that's going to, it's going to make a massive difference over the course of, you know, 20, 30, 60 plus minutes. Yeah. 
I mean, that's really the goal, right? If mm -hmm. is to make the race as easy as possible, mm -hmm. as long as possible until yep. you need it. Yep. And then it's go time. Yeah. So one of the really cool things, which is, a, it is a, one of the differences in road races as well is preem laps. Preems. And so what the, what happens is in a preem is they'll call a preem lap for a specific group. Sometimes they call it for the breakaway. Sometimes they'll call it for the main group, or if it's all together, just be for the main group. Spelled P-R-I-M-E-S. Yeah. Primes. 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 Anyways, so a preem could be anything. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, you will never see people sprint so hard as they will for a pair of socks. Yeah. <laughs> like, eh, how'd the race go? Well, I won a pair of socks. I got dropped. I got uh, dropped did not right finish, after. but I got a pair of socks. Yeah, so it'll be all kinds of things. Uh, you know, obviously people go a little bit harder for cash, but mm -hmm. um, cash is pretty common. Uh, preem, and then cash, like said, water socks, bottles, socks, bottles. beer sometimes. Yeah. Like, yeah, you name it. All kinds of things that people donate and shoot. At half the time at Tiger Lane, all of a sudden you'll have some people show up on the uh, on the sidelines waving hundred dollar bills, and they just keep calling preem laps. So, so run through what a preem lap is. I don't think we really hit. So they so basically they call a preem lap. You don't necessarily know what the preem is initial unless there's somebody over the loudspeakers telling you what the preem is for. Um, but it's literally like. That's a finish line. It yep. basically turns the lap into a finish line. Yep. And so you go through the lap, and whoever crosses first from that group they call the preem for wins the preem. But the race continues on. Yes. It doesn't stop. It doesn't after that. stop there. No. Yeah. So no. um, you know, we we even talked about this yesterday with our with our team. Um, one of the best times to like go on a breakaway or try to get off the front by yourself or with a small group is to go with somebody going for a preem and don't actually go for it yourself mm -hmm. and then go over the top of them. Yep. Yeah, you just keep going because they're sitting up. They were going for that. Yeah, they were going. And the pack thinks you're going for that too, typically. Yeah. They're like, oh, they're just going for the preem. Yeah. I'm conserving my energy back here. Yeah, they're not going to. suddenly you They're going to sit up as soon as this preem is over. Gap. Yeah, so suddenly you have a 10-second gap that you didn't have to initiate. Yeah. Um, you just keep the pressure on afterwards. So, you let, you let, great time. You let the bozo win socks, mm -hmm. and you went over the top. Uh, yeah, now have a pretty cheap gap. Yep. Yeah. Sometimes they'll have a gambler's preem, which is where they'll have like a big cash prize, but it's usually like right before one lap to go. So you got to think to yourself, like, do I want to go for the cash? Yeah. Or do I, you're not going to have time to recover for the yeah. for the win typically, unless you're that much stronger. Uh, but they're a fun way to liven things up and it's again, yeah. spectator friendly. So it's like yeah. a cool, a cool thing. Cause you're seeing a lot more action. The spectators definitely get into it mm -hmm. a lot more. Yep. Uh, but yeah, this weekend we're going to have stuff for preem, So it'll be fun. Yeah. I mean, it's, I like, uh, I'm, I'm a big fan of going for preems, mm -hmm. uh, but I rarely get them. <laughs> I which think, is, which is the worst strategy yeah, out there. Yeah. I waste the effort and don't get the reward. Exactly. That's my game. <laughs> I like to like blow myself out the back going after three pairs of socks. And then, That's hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. If, you're, if your plan is to win the race, I highly recommend you don't go for any preems. But you could do the tactic of going over the top. Yeah. Um, but going for preems is a, is a big burnt match that is not going to help you at the end. Yep. Uh, so we talked about wind direction a wind bit. Direction, you yep. got to know wind direction and, you know, be in the draft side of that. 
um, you, you, you know, moving up, we talked about positioning, like knowing where you can move up. Um, sometimes you That's can key. use the yep. wind to move up. Sometimes it's certain parts of the course are much wider and those are easy to move up. Yep. Turns like, like coming up while everyone's breaking, you can come up and move a bunch of spots into, you don't want to be the jerk who's like clipping people's wheels or yeah, diving on people's wheels, but you can or diving the corner yeah but you can come up and make a lot of spots on a wider section mm -hmm. into a turn when everyone's having to break yeah when they're breaking and the and the group's naturally moving left it opens the door yeah you just want to make sure you're able to you know pass five ten people and gradually kind of put yourself into a spot before the turn's actually yeah. starting what you don't want to do is be sprinting up and then dive into that corner and have to hit brakes or hit people or um, that's a very unsafe thing for everyone, yeah. but you'll find that you can move up three, four five spots. And if you're doing that and there's four people across and you move up two spots, that's eight, eight people you've just gotten ahead. Right. Do that a couple times, uh, over the course of, uh, the, the loop and you know, you put yourself in a good position, but I like to, when I'm in a race, I like to think, okay, where is the best spot to move up? I'm not trying to move up like the entire lap. I'm thinking, okay, I know this is a spot I can get some position back. I know this spot would probably be better to recover and just hold position yeah. so that I have the energy the next time through to move up. Um, you just can't count on that at the end of the race to be the same, which yep. we'll go into here in a second. But Yeah, I mean, you got to know where you can move up. And um, a lot of times those places are also decent places to like attack. Mm -hmm. um, because it is so easy to move up alongside the group and stuff like that. Um, if you are like one of those people who is considering, you know, you, you like being off solo or with a small group, then after like two or three laps of the, of the race, you'll figure out some of the best spots to make, to attack because it should be some of the hardest sections of the course. Mm -hmm. Um, those are usually your best suited places to, to lay down and attack and try to get off the front. Mm -hmm. If that's, if that's what you're going for. Yep. Um, so crit racing, there are some inherent risks to crit racing. Um, so let's, uh, let's talk about a couple things that can keep safety high, especially for new people that aren't necessarily probably used to riding like super close quarters with people at speed mm -hmm. through turns and stuff like that. That's, that's the absolute biggest thing. You'll probably hear it a lot in the race, especially the, the more beginner races, you'll hear, hear people yelling, hold your line. Um, so essentially there is the fastest way to get through any one corner. And if you're at the front, you get to take that. You can start wide, you can hit the apex, you can come out wide, you can carry the most speed. That's why it's good to be near the front, not on the front, but near the front. Um, the further back you go, you're going to end up being having people beside you, having people in front of you. So now when you're cornering, you don't get to take the apex. What you have to do is you need to make sure you're following the wheel in front of you. So if everyone follows the wheel in front of them, you all take this nice arc through the turn and everyone stays safe. Um, where there becomes issues is if you have a person who's in the group that's trying to move off of a line, coming into your line um, uh, or diving into you all of those can be areas where where things can get a little more hairy. Yeah, do your best. Like, if you're not confident in the group and you're not, you know, you know, confident riding close quarters, 
big thing is try not to wrap wheels. Mm -hmm. So like your front wheel should not overlap a back wheel of somebody in the group. Yeah. Um, There's so much shifting that happens that you really got to protect that front wheel. Yeah. And guess what? If it's your front wheel, you're the one who's going down. Mm -hmm. The the person you hit their back wheel is probably going to feel it and they'll, they'll be like, Oh, what happened? And you're going to be in the ground. And the other thing with, with this is the person whose handlebars are in front, they're the ones that essentially are controlling control the, the position and controlling yeah. the line. So if if you want to have control over where you're at, where you're going, where you're turning, you need to be the person with your handlebars in front. If yours are behind, you're, you're pretty much um, going to have to react to what the person next to you is doing. So pay attention to that. Going into a corner, I always try to make sure, you know, if I'm moving up, I make sure I get my, my handlebars and I like to try to even get my hip in front of yeah. the person that's next to me. So I know that I have control of that line. They can't take my line from me. Um, so I know I'm a lot safer there. And then the other thing, which people probably aren't used to doing is keeping your, your elbows out. Um, so yeah, it, it can be very nerve wracking and you know, I'm sure a lot of beginners probably think of a, a crit or a big group. Like people are just bouncing off each other all the time. Like if you watch the pros and they do like the above shot, those people are so used to, to getting hit, to getting bumped. Yeah. Um, that's generally not what you're going to have in a, in a cat five race. People aren't trying to, to get as tight and as close as possible. The more experienced you get, the closer everyone's going to be. Um, but if you can keep your elbows out when you're in the group, the first point of contact is going to be your elbow, which you can absorb, you can feel, you can lean into. Um, what you don't want is the point of contact to be in your bars. So by, by using your elbows as like a way to, to touch, have a first touch point, um, it's going to be a lot safer for you. You're still going to maintain good control of your bars. Um, you can kind of absorb it as opposed to someone coming into your bars and uh, and, and causing you to lose control. Yeah, well, that um, holds really true. Like if it does come down to a bunch sprint, mm-hmm. um, if you are, let's just let's face it, like bunch sprints are sketchy by nature. Um, I'm, know, at, I'm at an age now where I fade off the back during those. <laughs> yeah, I learned that the hard way this year. Um, yeah. You know, going down in a bunch sprint, blowing out my collarbone. So, um, if you if it does come down to a bunch sprint, like basically run through everything we just said. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Get toward the front. Try to be you know first couple wheels through the last turn play the wind to make sure you're on the right side, keep your elbows out. Um, you know, if you're not confident, you know, doing a bunch sprint, it's just motor down. Just attack with three to go or attack with right, two to go. Yeah. Like if you're not a sprinter or you don't want to risk it, go early. Go Catch with, people by surprise. Yeah. Like I've seen a lot of successful last lap or last two lap flyers happen. Yep. Where no one wants to be the one chasing necessarily because they want to have legs They're for the sprint. They're worried about sprint, yeah. So everyone kind of looks at someone else to try to take up the pace, um, and you know you can you can catch people by surprise. So uh, if you're someone who who's not wanting to mix it up in a sprint, go for the break. Yeah. Or make it your point during the race. Like first ten minutes, I'm going to relax. I'm going to try to be as efficient as I can. I'm going to try to conserve as much as I can. But after that, my goal is to be in a breakaway. So I'm going to attack. I'm going to keep attacking. Uh, I'm going to hope people go with me. 
If I'm off by myself, I'm going to ride at an intensity that I know I can sustain. Uh, hopefully someone will bridge up to me. Um, but you can do things to, to, to stay safe in a crit, to play yeah. towards your strengths. Um, we had a question where someone asked, like, what's the strategy? Like, how do you race a crit? Um, and essentially, I mean, it depends on what your, your skill set is. The things you don't do are get on the front and think you're going to drop everybody. Not going to happen. Because that's not going to happen. Surf the back if it's a technical crit. Because you're going to do sprint and recover. Now, if it's a wide open crit with like not too many people, yeah, you can surf the back all day long. But um, you know, you risk missing the move if a, if a move happens. Uh, but you got to you you want to conserve as much as you can when you start sensing the field's getting tired. If you're feeling good, start testing the field. Anytime it's been hard, that's the best time to attack. As soon as it slows yeah. after it's been hard, yeah. You feel that slowdown. And by hard, you may not know what hard necessarily is, right? Um, so if it's been strung out, if it's been people, you know, lined up one person on the wheel of the other, you know, you're not the big group anymore. You're not riding five across. That means it's been hard. So if you do that for a lap or two and it then slows down and starts bunching, great time to test it and try and attack yep. there as soon as that slowdown happens. Yeah. There's uh, one thing that... I would, uh, we recommend that I've screwed this up. I don't know how many times, mm -hmm. uh, watch the lap count. Yes. Huge. Like, I, I don't know how many I times. I guarantee you this weekend it happens where someone's like, oh, oh, I thought it was two to go. I didn't realize it was the last lap. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cause not every, you know, like a lot of crits will have the bell and they'll ring the bell for, for preems and they'll ring bell for last lap. Uh, and like you said, sometimes they do the gambler where they ring the bell for the second to last lap. And then. And sometimes you have spectators with cowbells that right. are shaking them for you. Yeah. So watch the lap cards. The official is going to hold up the lap card every last eight, probably. Which is right at the start finish line. Yeah. And so, like, one to go is the last lap. If you, yes, if it's you not ride one through more, and see one, yeah. that's it. Like, yeah. your next time through is the finish. Yeah, I, I cannot tell you how many times I've screwed up the lap card and mm -hmm. and like was just delirious and didn't look mm -hmm. and then realized like why is it picking up and then all of a sudden you're like oh yeah that was the last lap. <laughs> mm -hmm. Which as soon as they start doing the lap countdown, every lap take a peek. Yeah, like it, it's easy to forget which like even over the course of a lap there's a lot that's happening which is why crit racing is so fun. Um, but it can be easy. I've had times before where I'm like. I honestly thought we had like three to go and suddenly it's last lap. And I'm like, well, better move where, up. where I thought I yeah. was going to move up go, like on two to go, it's now last lap and everything's faster on the last lap typically. Yep. So the spots you thought you could move up before, those probably go away. The corners maybe you were pedaling through may not be corners you can pedal through anymore. And I've lost a race before. I mean, I don't know if I would have ended up winning, but... Um, I would have had a, a pretty good chance until I clipped a yeah. pedal in the final corner because I pedaled through it every other lap, but we were going, you know, four miles an hour faster uh, or more on the. Got to lean that bike a little more. And yeah, yeah, clipped it almost almost high sided. It was so the the course changes as the speed increases and yep. the speed typically increases those last you know one to two laps. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, well, I mean. The, the last big thing I would say is um, 
you know, have fun with it. Mm -hmm. And guess what? If you get dropped, welcome to the club. Yeah, don't don't not go try it out because you're afraid you're going to get dropped. Oh yeah, like <clears throat> it, there you build experience, you'll build comfort, um, and most people get dropped in their first race, like Sanford. Yeah, my my very first race, first uh, crit. Like for, yeah. he won his first road race and yeah. then got dropped on his first crit. Yeah. So it's it can be that shows how it's not necessarily a fitness thing. Yeah. It's the position thing. It's the comfort in the pack, the ability to move up, the ability to hold position. All of that is something you have to learn. It's not something you practice on a group ride, really. Um, you know, so how else are you going to get better at it like, than doing it? So if you're fearing that you're going to get dropped and like you'll be embarrassed or whatever, I say join the club. I mean, yeah. there's, there's races that like, like MSGP before, you know, before it was no longer, mm -hmm. uh, that Friday night crit was like my nemesis for like the first three years I did it. And yeah, eight corner crit, like, <laughs> yeah, I could not for the life of me stay in that crit, mm -hmm. uh, and couldn't figure it out. I just thought my fitness was terrible. What, like, I don't belong racing in these races. And then I, and then I finally, like, okay, I'm gonna get toward the front yeah. and I'm gonna go, even if I have to be on the front for part of the first few laps, I'm gonna stay in first 10 minutes. Mm -hmm. And then we'll see what happens. And literally the next, however, several years that we did it, like I've, I've stayed in, felt great and was actually driving it toward the end of the race because you make it through the first 10 minutes. Yep. It's always hard. Mm -hmm. And if you can figure well, out people are getting like, popped, like, especially in that one, cause it's technical, like people can't hold the pace or they can't handle the sprints out of each corner if they're yeah. further back. And now you're having to not only like, deal with those accelerations but now you're having to close gaps and you're in the wind you're no longer even on a wheel because someone else opened up a gap yep. um yeah i mean you got to build confidence you got to build the skill that is being a good a good crit racer so only way to do it is to get out there and i guarantee you you'll be amped up and like jazzed if you do it regardless of how many laps you hang in there it's a cool experience going past the spectators hearing the crowd yelling mm -hmm. Like the whole thing is super fun. So um, get out there and give it a try. And if you get dropped, so what? Um, you know, what happens if you get dropped? Keep riding. Eventually, you know, some races, if it's a smaller field, the officials will keep you in there. You get to keep going. Other races, they'll pull you and they'll just let you know, last, you know that was it for you. And usually they score you based on, you know, how many laps down you were. Um, but a lot of people get dropped. A lot of people get pulled. So don't... And, and it doesn't mean you're going to be a bad racer down the road. Um, just learn from, from it all and yeah. get better. Yeah. If you see a guy, if you see an official like waving you, like waving at you and you're dropped, they're probably telling you you're pulled or get yeah. off. The, you know, yeah. it's just a safety thing because if you're just hanging out in the middle of the road while the pack's barreling down on you in a final sprint, there's a chance that it's going to time it to where you're in the way, yeah. and that's bad. So, or yeah, you may be in a corner going slower than what the the front group is yeah. doing, and and then it could be. It's a just it's issue it's sure. a safety thing for sure. One last thing, you just talked about MSGP, and this is something that um, you know being near the front we already talked about, but make sure you check what gear you're in at the start line. <laughs> so like if you've been on the trainer and you just did your last spin up and now you're in your your 53 12 53 11 you're like yes 
And then you get to the start line and you go to do that first pedal stroke to get clipped in and you don't go anywhere because you're in too hard of a gear or too easy or whatever. Um, you can end up going from front line easy. to off the back having to play chase and practice clipping in. That was gonna, I was going <laughs> to jump on that if you didn't say it. I was going to jump. Yeah. You could, you could easily be on, uh, you could line up at the front and be on the back foot in no time if you can't clip into your pedals. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that was the highest pressure thing. Like once I became oh, a decent yeah. crit racer, I was like, MSGP uh, was a big one. Chattanooga was another one. I was like, I got to make sure nail this I clip nail in. this clip in. And if I did, I'm like, it's going to be a good race. And if I didn't, I'm like, this first 15 minutes is going to be horrible. <laughs> it's it's the worst feeling ever when you're like, the thing, like it's it all happens in slow motion. You like step up on the pedal and then all of a sudden you see it start to turn over yes. on the backside and you're like, no. <laughs> and then you're like, ta-tung, ta-tung, ta-tung. Doing the single leg pedal. Yeah. Trying yeah. to get it to flip over and then it just does the death spin. Oh, yeah. And then your heart rate goes through the roof. Yep. Yeah. So practice clipping. I, we do have a tactic for, for avoiding the pedal spin. So maybe that's for a different one. <laughs> but the really hard pedal down just spins the other yeah, side yeah, yeah. so you do more of a push-off clip in as opposed to hard pedal clip in yeah the scooter helpful. start uh-huh the scooter start. Yeah. yeah all right i think we covered a lot of the basics yep. obviously we've have we have episodes out there on how to race as a team if you are racing with a group of people how not to get dropped there's a whole podcast on that which is goes into more positioning stuff yep um so check out those episodes as well if you're really looking to to kind of beef up your uh your crit iq yep. your, your racing iq before before uh you jump into one so yep but i strongly encourage you to to get out there and give it a try yeah it's a blast it's exciting yeah if all nothing right else go watch you know, yeah go watch one and then if you go watch one that'll make you want to get in one yep. for sure yep all right cool. we appreciate everyone hanging out listening watching we'll catch you guys next time adios peace